The term shadow, and ultimately shadow work, was coined by a Swedish psychiatrist named none other than Carl Jung. The definition of shadow, according to Jungian psychology, is an archetype that represents the darker side of the human psyche, which may comprise anything that is unacceptable to an individual's conscious ego, and as such remains unexpressed and hidden in the unconscious. These can be things like certain traits, desires, emotions, and it doesn't matter whether they are positive or negative, the individual will try to suppress them and ultimately hide them in their unconscious, their subconscious world. It's the part of us that we try to hide, the parts we're ashamed of, or just even things that we don't like about ourselves. We might not even be aware of these things because we've buried them so deep down in our unconscious selves. We keep them hidden and out of our consciousness because they conflict with our view of ourselves. And realizing these parts of us can cause us great cognitive dissonance about who we really are. And cognitive dissonance is just a fancy psychology term, meaning when you experience something that conflicts with your worldview or your view of yourself. So cognitive being the thinking part and dissonance being the uh, part that's going against. So cognitive dissonance, you're experiencing something that is going against your typical way of thinking or the typical way that you see yourself or the world around you. So when we explore these parts of our psyche carefully and with honest intentions, it can bring about great change and a sort of enlightenment to our lives. And I use the word enlightenment very loosely. I'm using it more in a way that we are literally bringing light to the darker parts of ourselves, not the new age enlightenment guru type thing. It's more so an enlightenment where you're learning, you're gaining knowledge. So it helps to merge the light and the dark, if you will. It brings a true sense of duality to the surface. So these collections of self-repressed elements come together to create our shadow self. And you will hear me just refer to shadow as plainly shadow or shadow self, sometimes a shadow person. Those are kind of just what I call it. And the more you get to know yourself and what your shadow is, you will also probably come up with a name for yours. But I generally just like to say shadow. Now you might be thinking, but I like all the parts of myself. I accept all of me, even the parts that I don't think are the prettiest or the nicest. I like all of my parts, even the ugly parts. Let's go through some ways that you can identify if your shadow is lingering and knocking on the door of your consciousness. Because yeah, maybe you do accept yourself very readily and you understand certain things about you, but shadow work is lifelong. You don't just do this once and then it goes away forever. That's not how it works. It's not just about self-acceptance. It's about integration. Before we get into the integration, let's get into how you can tell if your shadow is knocking. So one of the things is when you judge someone or something on an impulse. Have you ever seen someone or something and immediately you have this almost aversion or just you feel this shame or disgust come up because of this person and what they're doing? And it's like, well, is that really because of what they're doing? Or is it because there's something deep-rooted in you that's reacting to that? And you're almost mirroring it in other people. Oftentimes, shadow knocks when you don't like certain things about other people. The traits that you pick out in others that really bother you, that's your shadow. 
knocking. And it's not just mild annoyances about people. It's not like, oh, like they walk really slow. That's my shadow. It's like, (laughs) it's like, no, they're really flaky or they're not on time. Well, that could be part of your shadow knocking because you have possible issues in the past where people have really let you down. And now you have this anxiety about time and people being on time because in the past, no one ever showed up for you. That's a shadow. It can also show up if you're playing the victim too much and vice versa if you're playing the savior, which is a hero complex. So when we're able to see the shadow parts of other people, but we refuse to accept that we embody similar traits, that's called projection. We reject the idea that we could have these undesirable parts and then we project or see them in other people, which is mirroring, and we just push them onto other people. Instead of really recognizing that, oh, the fact that Stacy's always late and that bothers me so much is more about me than it is her, you know, maybe I should look into that. And again, this being late one is just a very simple one at the moment, but we will get into more in-depth examples as we go through this shadow work series. Those are just a few ways that your shadow can come knocking, and they really are some of the bigger ones. Again, the savior complex, the victim complex, the always seeing the flaws in other people but not in yourself, so the projection. Those are just a few ways that shadow is trying to get your attention, but they will also be very individualized to you, which brings me to my next point, which is our shadow is uniquely our own. We all have our own experiences ancestral cycles, and traumas that come together to form the person we are today, and ultimately, the shadow that walks along beside us. We develop a shadow to protect ourselves and to hide the parts of us that aren't deemed as socially acceptable. Because truth be told, we all just want to fit in. Isn't that like one of the things in life since we're little? We're always just trying to find our people. We're trying to find the people that understand us, the ones that we get along with, the ones that have common interests. So to do that, we are conditioned from a young age to hide anything that would deem us as being different from the crowd, things that would get us labeled as an outcast. So we hide these things and we bury them deep down, whether it's because of just biologically we're wired to survive and be in a group or because we're conditioned through our parents or our experiences or past traumas, any of that, that all comes together to create shadow. So since our shadow is unique, the techniques and the way we tackle it will also be unique. But the most important thing is that we do it at some point. And we do it in a grounded, safe space that allows full integration of the shadow and real healing. So if you follow along with this series and go through the exercises I recommend, or even find your own that work for you, it's likely that you'll be confronted with unsavory thoughts about yourself and even question whether you're a bad person or not. Now, let's get one thing straight. We all have the potential to be a quote-unquote bad person because each of us has a shadow and we're all human. The key is in learning to integrate your shadow into everyday life and to find the duality in your shadow. Harness that darkness and make it work for you rather than against you. Now, I keep bringing up this word integration. So what does that mean? Shadow work is ultimately not about just recognizing your shadow but it's about integrating it into who you are and really learning from it, learning that those perceived weaknesses can actually be strengths 
And when you sit with them and you really get to learn about yourself, you're just going to realize a lot. You're going to realize a lot of your bad habits and your cycles, and you're going to be more aware of who you are and possibly why you do some of the things you do. And you'll be able to work with yourself in a more compassionate way, which will ultimately also make you more compassionate towards others. So it's getting to know yourself and rewiring how you think about the darker parts of yourself, the parts of yourself you don't like, and giving them outlets and validating them. We are very complex creatures, and we can't just be boiled down to the things that society likes about us. We have to learn to integrate all of us if we're going to live truthfully and live these happy, full existences. So (laughs) that's what integration is. It's learning to take those bad parts or those unsavory parts of you, whatever you want to call them. I don't like calling them bad. I really, I think I prefer the word dark or unsavory for some reason, because bad just has a weird connotation to it, because they aren't bad. They're just unrecognized. They're not as easily accepted. So when you do integrate them, you're going to be a more well-rounded person, and you're going to understand a heck of a lot more about yourself. So in this shadow series, I want to address the following things. The first is going to be the various shadow archetypes, and this is going to be the bulk of this series. There are 12 different shadow archetypes, and we embody all of them. I'm just going to say that right now. You embody every single shadow archetype. Now, although you embody all of them, there's probably going to be three or four that really stick out, and those are the ones where you're going to be doing most of the work. But at any given time in your life, something could happen, circumstances change, you have different experiences, and a different archetype could start knocking on the door and needing attention and to be worked on. And that's why I say that shadow work is not a one off thing, it is not a one time deal. It's constantly being aware of yourself and evolving yourself as a whole person, not just the parts that you think are worth evolving. You're evolving the good and the bad, the dark and the light, all of it together. I also want to talk about working with the shadow and how to do it in a safe and controlled manner. And then ultimately, shadow integration and just leveling up and being the best version of you that you can be. Now, This is an astrology podcast, so you may be wondering, you know, what does Jungian psychology have to do with this? Well, I see astrology in everything. And Carl Jung himself, I would say, had pretty strong ties to astrology, whether he would have liked admitting that or not. As I said before, your shadow will be unique to you and will mostly be formed through your experiences in this lifetime and possibly past lifetimes. But... We can look to astrology for ideas as to where we might find some of our shadow cropping up. The top placements I recommend looking at for shadow work before we get super deep into this series are the moon. And uh, the moon is obvious because the moon stands for our emotions and our subconscious world. So, of course, the moon is going to be important for shadow work. The second is Chiron. Chiron is the wounded healer. Your Chiron placement speaks to the unhealable wound that you will have a hell of a time trying to get over. And I know we haven't talked about Chiron yet on the podcast. We will. I'll be going through all of them at some point. So just for now, I recommend looking up what your Chiron is, getting comfortable with it, and then seeing if you can identify yourself in any of the archetypes 
by comparing your Chiron as we go through the next couple weeks. The next placement is your Lilith. The same thing. I know we haven't talked about Lilith yet, but we will. So look up your Lilith placement and really see like, okay, what archetypes does my Lilith placement fit? And your Lilith is generally something you shy away from, but can have great power. And that's why I think Lilith is so similar to the shadow, because even the mythology of Lilith, you know, she kind of lives in the shadows and she's outcast and she's the thing that we're not supposed to talk about. She's the woman that you're not supposed to be because she doesn't fit the societal standards. So looking at your Lilith will be a really good indicator for some people as to where your shadow may be, you know, knocking on the door of your consciousness. Then we should always look at Saturn. Of course, Saturn. We should look at the house and the sign that Saturn is in to see where we're going to have some troubles, some healing. You all know from the past two two weeks that uh, Saturn is going to give you some trouble, especially if you're in your return. So look at that, see where you can do some healing work. And then the last one are the nodes, the north and the south nodes. And the reason I included them is because the nodes are said to speak to your destiny. The North Node is what you're supposed to be working towards and striving towards in this life, and your South Node speaks to your past lives and where you came from and the lessons that you need to remember in order to achieve success and greatness in this lifetime. While shadow work doesn't immediately seem to have anything to do with astrology, I think the two can mesh quite well. And I think that if you're having a tough time looking at your life or your experiences and really breaking into that psyche and that subconscious world, then astrology is going to be a great tool to help you do that. I know a lot of people use astrology for horary means. They try to use it as something to predict. And that's great. I love that. And it's very accurate for those things. But I personally, I'm more of a psychology-based astrologer. I really enjoy using astrology as a tool of self-discovery because I really do fall into the Jungian psychology belief where I can't really tell you much about who you are. That's for you to decide and really come to terms with. I can look at your chart and I can guide you, but ultimately you are the one that is going to define you. And what better way to do that with your celestial imprint from the stars? I think that is a great place to start. And again, I'm not throwing any shade at the people who use astrology strictly for horary or prediction-based things. I think that is amazing. And we definitely need that. And I am always blown away when I see how accurate those things can be. But I literally have a tattoo that is a crystal ball that says whatever (laughs) across it. So I am generally not concerned with the future. I am deeply rooted in the present, and I only work with what I have right now in front of me. So that's just me living in the moment. That's also maybe a take from Buddhism a little bit as, you know, if you're in the past or if you're in the future, you're suffering. I mean, we're always suffering, but that's just, that's a whole other thing to open up. Um, So I'm deeply rooted in the present, and I think that astrology will be an amazing way to open up the gates of shadow work. It helps you understand your moon, your emotions, your chiron, your wounds, your lilith, the darker part of yourself that you shy away from but ultimately holds great power. And then Saturn, the lessons you need to learn in life. And then your nodes, you know, your destiny. Those are the things we're going to be going over in the next couple weeks. I recommend if you're going to follow along to kind of 
just gather that info a little bit, get familiar with it, and then I'm going to teach you how to go through shadow work. Because everyone always says, do your shadow work, you know, use time to do your shadow work, but no one explains it. So I'm going to try to explain it in the best way that I know how, and also just from my own experiences with it. I hope that you guys are excited about this. I am. I know I say I'm excited every week, but you're just going to have to deal with it because I'm always excited. If you want more Moon content before next week, head over to Instagram at moonmatters.astro. Drop by and say hi. Tell me a secret. Say something cool. Anything really. Ask me questions. You guys know I'm always here. I look forward to hearing from you. 